And so the sun sets on another year, Rosh Hashanah, marking the Jewish New Year, the year 5778, a sweet new year to come. But the days are getting shorter, the nights getting colder. For most, it's just another day in 2017. And whether you're a Greenberg or a Stark, winter is coming. But I want to celebrate. Have a Nagila, beer, wine, tequila, and keep up with the Steins. And I want to go back in time with another wet, hot American summer. That being said, I could also never separate myself from tradition, like the fiddler on the roof, because nothing welcomes the new year more than the blast of the shofar. The Jews of the diaspora, the interfaith and converted Jew, the Haredim of Crown Heights and the Frum, the Zionist and the Friend of Palestine progressive, the Glock kosher and the did you hear about the new eel and bacon burger at Shake Shack, Jew? All on the whole are able to recognize the blowing of the shofar. As the shofar blasts, I am inspired by those who have used it or are using something more internal and personal as a call to action. Those educators, artists, humanitarians, and activists among intersectional communities inspire myself and many in this generation, this newish Jewish generation. Uh, at this point, I want to say thank you for tuning into episode one of the Newish Jewish podcast. My name is Jesse Serrati, and this is my first ever podcast. So I appreciate so much that you are going on this venture with me. This show is meant to shed light on the many challenges and opportunities facing our many communities and give you the opportunity to hear from some of the most inspired voices of those organizers and leaders across Jewish communities and beyond who are taking bold initiatives and refuse to remain passive in today's world that requires us to be active. Please follow me on Instagram at The Newish Jewish for all updates or feel free to contact me at thenewishjewish at gmail.com. Now today, I am honored to be joined by the author and star of the one-man stage play turned cinematic masterpiece Wrestling Jerusalem, Aaron Davidman. Aaron has served as the artistic director of Traveling Jewish Theater in San Francisco for 10 years and has toured Wrestling Jerusalem all over North America since its San Francisco premiere in 2014. The play-turned-film, Wrestling Jerusalem, is a humbling endeavor that asks its viewers to encounter and engage in narratives contrary to their own. Uh, hi, Aaron, and uh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I had the pleasure of seeing Wrestling Jerusalem uh, at its New York premiere, uh, and I was absolutely blown away by both the art and the message of the film. Uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar with the script, could you give a, just a bit of a rundown of the show? Yeah, sure. So uh, this is a film that's based on my stage play of the same name, and in it I play 17 different characters from uh, all around Israel and Palestine. And the story is the journey of me, who's one of the characters, uh, going to that region to try to understand the conflict, try to get beyond the headlines and really into the nuances and complexities of you know, what, what's at stake. And so I meet all these different people from a range of political, religious, cultural perspectives and they 
tell me their stories. And then the sort of aesthetic conceit of the piece is that I become those characters without changing any costumes or anything. And um, just in vocal inflection and, and body language, and I, I become those characters, tell their stories. And so in a sense, you as the audience become Aaron listening to them. And then we touch back with me sort of a few handful of times throughout the piece as I reflect on the journey that I'm, that I'm on. And kind of just to build off that a little bit, can you tell me why do you think it's so resonant and important to just have one person take on all 17 different characters? Yeah, sure. Because people have asked me, you know, did, did I ever think of casting you know, 17 different actors to, to play these parts? And I think as an exercise, that could be really interesting. In fact, one of the things I recommend students do when they're studying this piece is to take the text and pick a character that's most different from you and work on that character and then you know read them all out loud. I think that's a really interesting exercise. But as a work of art, it was really important to me to um, kind of stick with what emerged as a really important theme as I was developing it, which is how can one person hold multiplicity? How can one person hold multiple perspectives inside of us? And in this moment, when we're in, in our in our world, when we're so kind of embroiled in polarizing issues, not just over Israel and Palestine, um, it seems like a really I- interesting experiment to um, to hold multiple perspectives within one person. And so in a sense, the piece, the piece models that. What's it like to see through the eyes of the other as I transform into these different people? I actually find that to be so fascinating myself because I think each person does have multiple characters, that bunch of different perspectives that they individually hold. My middle name is actually Aaron. And so it's funny because I heard you in the show go, Aaron Aharon, I was like, Yes, it's this is me. These are these are different things that I've thought about like all the time, and I'm never sure which part of this person is me. Um, so I think you kind of touched on that really beautifully. Um, and so I kind of want to now kind of ask like for those who aren't turned into every chapter of the conflict, people who aren't you know constantly paying attention to what's happening in Israel Palestine. Um, you know, you make it very clear that there have been countless reasons and opinions from 1948, 1967, Intifada, the politicians. Iran's involvement, there's all these different reasons um, as to why the conflict is still going on today. So I'm kind of curious as to what do you want people like who feel powerless maybe to affect any sort of change right now? What do you want them to gain by engaging in this type of material? Well, I just think we've built such a thick skin of armor around this issue and other, and other issues that are really important to us that we've forgotten to listen and we become so kind of contemptuous of anyone who's, who's strongly opposed to our ideas or who have very strong ideas of their own. And we become sort of calcified in our own assurance of what we're, you know, what we believe is true or right. And, and so, and you know, my, <laughs> so my question for all of us is, so, you know, how's that working? You know, how's that going? And uh, my answer to that is it's not going very well because look at the, you know, look at the polarization, look at the lines drawn in the sand and, um, and look at the total ineffectiveness of coming up with any kind of you know, deal over there. And so I'm inviting people to kind of take a step back from despair over 
progress, take a step back from despair over the sort of intractable nature of this and feeling like, well, there's no solution, there's never going to be a solution, and just stop for a moment worrying about the solution and think about what it's like to actually engage with another person and reignite our curiosity to, to, to be in community, in a sense, and try to foster understand, you know, true understanding. Because I feel like only, only through that kind of a process can we come with the creativity that it's going to take to find you know, a, new, a new solution. No, I think, um, no, kind of when you say that, what I think about very much is you have this one, there's one little bit uh, in the play, in the movie, about this joke where there's a rabbi who goes into a bar and the bartender kind of is like, where have you been this morning? And the, the rabbi says, oh, I do what I was doing every day. I was at the, uh, I was praying at the wall. And he goes, you've been doing that for 40 years, you know? The rabbi goes, yeah, and it feels like I'm talking to a fucking wall. Uh, <laughs> and... You know, you kind of bring it up now, though. It's about talking to people, and it's you know, that's a great scene. It's a great metaphor. Um, does that scene kind of speak to you? Is there like maybe a specific scene or a character in here that um, you've particularly resonated with? Um, you know, it's it's interesting because when I do the play a play live, of course, I have to be really present in each of those characters as I meet them moment to moment to moment. It's a very demanding performance, you know? It's 90 minutes, just me, it's no net. And, um, and so, and I don't, I can't favor any of that. I just have to meet it, you know, I just to meet one at a time and be really real with them and inside of them. Um, and then I would say with the film, you know, it's sort of the same because the, because the piece is really about the aggregate. It's about the culmination of the whole of the whole, I can't really pick it apart. You know, people even ask me, "Could you do a shorter version, or could you do?" You know, we only have a forty-minute class. Could you? Could you? Re, you know, and and the point is that I can't really because it really t it takes those seventeen characters and those seventeen perspectives and the full ninety minutes to really um, create this layered experience. It's an experience. You know, it's not just it's not just a narrative. It's not just my point of view. It's a real experience. I'm bringing you with me on this journey. And so I sort of resist, I realize I've sort of evaded your question, but I, I kind of resist picking one, one, one particular character, one particular moment out, because it's really about the whole thing. And I think it does kind of what any art piece does so well, and that makes you want to learn more and makes you want to ask more questions and do something about it. Um, is there something that you can discuss regarding to in regards to the audience reception to the film so far has there been um some sort of response that's just stuck out to you or surprised you i mean you know mostly we're getting a pretty a pretty positive response from audiences and there's a lot of and i know because we have discussions after most of the performances and most of the screenings that feels like an important part of the project actually it's sort of act two, if you will, that, you know, we need, um, we need more subtle, nuanced conversations around this topic in public. That's, that's really part of the whole movement of the piece. Um, but, uh, but I would say that um, there have been a few instances where, you know, we've there you know there have been some surprises that's not it's not just a nice conversation 
Um, and I think, you know, and I accept that. I accept those, I accept those moments when there's either resist, when there's either resistance, you know, to, 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 to the piece. We had actually a really interesting um, moment at the Guthrie Theater. There were these two, two different older women um, that weighed in right back to back after each other. One was sitting in one section of the theater, the other was sitting in another section kind of nearby. When I say older, you know, they're, they're probably in their 70s. One was an Israeli woman, one was a Palestinian woman. And the Israeli woman said, you know, your performance, it was, it was, it was beautiful. Uh, and I appreciate so much what, you, what you're bringing. Um, but Aaron, really, really tell me, you are, why are you so favorable to the Palestinians? Why you make it not balanced what you, what you do there? And, and she kind of goes on like this, okay, thank you very much. And the very next woman, of course, is her Palestinian counterpart who says, Aaron, I am uh, very much appreciating your uh, performance. Uh, you are clearly you know, bringing an important voice to this topic, but I must tell you, why you favor uh, the uh, Israelis? It is uh, imbalanced. They are, uh, the power is uh, different. They have the power, the Palestinians don't have the power, and uh, it's not balanced. You know, so, you know, this is, I was like, these are characters, these are like, you know, characters right, right out of the play. And the fact that they spoke back to back to each other right after, right after each other was so sort of endearing and, and, and interesting. But, but I think, and I think in that instance, you know, it makes sense that this is an older generation. They're very, very, you know, wedded to their narrative of victimization. And that's the problem. And so, that's what I'm trying to pierce through with, with a multiplicity of narratives to try to shake loose that way that, we're, um, that, we're, that we become so kind of fixated on our, on our own narrative, make space for other narratives. And that will kind of release, release us, I believe. That's awesome. And uh, when I first, when I sat down at the theater at the New York screening, uh, the person who kind of introduced the film says, uh, he kind of messaged to the whole audience, you know, a lot of us are going into this kind of maybe like these two people that you were just talking about, kind of with our fists up a yeah, little that's, bit. That's, that's Dylan Kussman, by the way, the, direct, the film's director. Yeah. Thank you very much for clarifying that. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so he said, go ahead, continue. Yeah, he said, put, put your duke, you know, you, right, we come in with our dukes up, yeah. and, um, and I'm inviting you to just, just lower, lower them for the next 90 minutes. Just lower them down, be open, stay open, and if at the end... You want to put your dukes right back up where they were. If that's what you believe, fine. I respect that. But you know, I'm hoping you'll you'll leave a little more space for something else. Yeah. Have you gotten any response from people who have, after now seeing either the play or now the film, who have actually put their dukes down and have kind of been transformed by this? Totally. I mean, the, my favorite quote of all, possibly my whole career, was a woman in Cleveland who said to me afterwards, "You know, Aaron, I'll never be the same again." And I said, that's incredible. You know, an artist only wants to hear that you've been so affected, but why? Why will you never be the same again? And she said, well, I never thought about them before. And it was, I was so moved because, of course, I didn't ask her who the them was, right? It could have been any of the sides or, or, or facets of that prism. But uh, I probably could have guessed, but it didn't really matter. The point was that the them became human now, and that touched her, and that let her guard down. I think that's so powerful, and I 
completely, completely recommend anyone go see this film if they can. Can you just share with our audience where they can go to see this film now um, if they are interested? Yeah, we're we're touring the we're on the empathy tour right now with the film and it's screening in various communities around North America and soon uh, to Europe and hopefully the Middle East uh, we'll be on a bunch of campuses this fall and the best thing you can do is go to wrestlingjerusalem.com look at our schedule sign up for our mailing lists we send uh, a newsletter out every month just to let people know uh, what we're doing, where where the film is, and of course we're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and people can just you know follow us in those in those spaces as well. Awesome! Thank you so much for joining me today and being part of my uh, first podcast of the newest Jewish podcast. Uh, I had I you know got in touch with you very last minute. You were here for New York for just a few days, and I was like, I just saw your movie. I have to talk to you. So I appreciate it so much for you taking this time. Um, and I just want to say to all of our listeners who are observing Rosh Hashanah, I wish you a Shana Tova. And to all listeners, thank you for tuning in to the very first Newish Jewish.